Hello and welcome to Research Roundup, brought to you by the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4. I'm guest host today, John Emery, standing in for Christy Milley. Each month, Research Roundup looks at new papers published in relation to cancer in primary care. Today we're looking at the subject of setting research priorities for cancer research. Our guest is Eleanor Badrick, Research Associate at the Division of Cancer Sciences at the University of Manchester in the United Kingdom. And she was first author of the recently published Top 10 Research Priorities for Detecting Cancer Early in the Lancet Public Health. Eleanor, thanks very much for joining us from Manchester. I know it's late in the day for you, and we apologise if there are any audio quality issues in this episode. But maybe we can start off by uh, asking you to tell us a little bit about the background to the paper and how you actually went about identifying the key research priorities for cancer research and early detection. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really pleased uh, that you're that you're interested in what we've been doing. So I'm actually part of a kind of a broader project in Manchester. So we were funded to do prevention and early detection research as part of something known as a biomedical research centre. And we're very fortunate that we actually have a large patient and public involvement remit for that. And it does a lot of the traditional patient and public involvement work, like supporting ongoing projects and uh, setting up focus groups, potentially new projects. But we wanted to do something broader, so not looking at particular cancer types. We wanted to look at kind of early detection issues that might cross a number of different cancers. And the concept of a processing partnership was one that really appealed to us. And that's a way of kind of gathering potential research uncertainties from non-researchers. And there's a whole process of identifying the uncertainties and kind of distilling them down into uh, potential priorities that are then go through a whole other process of a face-to-face workshop to define the top 10 that we came up with and we were really lucky that somebody that we're working with professor emma crosby has actually done one of these in endometrial cancer and she was a real kind of champion of the process and what it's brought to her research kind of going forward the extra kind of focus it's given for work she's already doing and also new avenues of research and what exactly did you do to um, identify the priorities there's three main kind of stages so the first was a very broad survey open to clinicians, so any healthcare professional, members of the public, patients and carers, and we asked people what they thought were the unanswered research questions, the areas of uncertainty in terms of early cancer detection, and we gave very few prompts uh, to people. We wanted them to be as broad as possible, and we actually, it was an online survey and it was an open-ended question, and there were a number of different boxes they could suggest as as many different questions as they felt uh, they wanted to. So that was open for about 12 weeks. So we promoted that online. We had a, a Twitter page and lots of our networks in Manchester and further afield. So some of the funders and some of the uh, patient public involvement charities promoted that for us. And once you've gathered all of these uncertainties, you have to decide what have already been answered by research and what are true uncertainties that we don't really know about. We haven't done much work on. So you go through that process. You then do another survey once you've gathered all of these potential uncertainties to try and narrow down again from quite a long list of unanswered research questions to a much shorter list. And once you have your short list of unanswered questions, you have a face-to-face all-day workshop that has patients and kind of non-researcher clinicians kind of sit around and they go through a process of defining what should be in the top 10 and the order of that top 10. So we went from, I think we had 1,300 questions initially and we shortened that down to 
to 54. And then at the workshop, we presented 26 questions to people at the workshop who then decided on the, the top 10. Right. That's uh, quite a job. So in the study, you involve obviously both consumers, as we call them, PPR, I think, in the UK, healthcare professionals and researchers. Were there differences in the priorities that, from a consumer perspective? And how did you go about navigating those? At the beginning, when we asked everybody, we, we found slight differences. So anybody who was a clinician had much more detailed, much more focused potential research questions for us to think about. And the patients had quite broad suggestions uh, for what we could be doing or potentially impractical things, you know, suggestions about everybody has a scan every every six months, um, a full body scan. You know, that sort of thing that mm. a clinician might not suggest. And we just took through any questions we felt were not answered by research, regardless of whether they were suggested by a clinician or, or a member of the public. When you get through to kind of decide which questions are discussed at the workshop, we did ask people to identify whether they thought they were a clinician or a, a non-clinician. And we took through the shortlisting process. We took through the top 20 from healthcare professionals and the top 20 from members of the public. And actually, we ended up with 24 questions. So actually, the ones that people were shortlisting were very similar when we were kind of getting down, narrowing down to what should be discussed at the workshop. So they might have been broad to begin with. But I think as we were narrowing down to the uncertainties, people were talking and thinking about the same sorts of questions. So obviously, PC4 is a primary care trials group. And so we're obviously interested in the priorities that you identified within primary care. Can you reflect on where you see the uh, priorities that you identified and how they fit from a primary care trials perspective? So if you if you look at the paper, so the first one was very strongly about non-invasive tests and development of those. The second priority was about blood tests and whether a, a general blood test can be developed for, for detecting cancer early. And the next one is probably the one that resonates most is increasing access to tests of any sort in a GP practice. Would that be helpful? And would that increase early detection of cancer? And that was actually one that came through strongly from non-clinicians, I think, for a number of reasons. And I think that could be interesting from a clinical trials point of view in terms of moving some of the specialist tests and specialist people out of the specialist hospitals and into somewhere that people find familiar and convenient and non-threatening. And it might increase participation from cancer patients and non-cancer patients if they're potentially doing a trial in a primary care setting as opposed to a hospital. So that's quite interesting, I think. And then the other ones that I'm interested in from a data perspective that, that are relevant to, to primary care are using some of the data that you collect already. And they were questions about tools and reminders in medical records to recognise patients presenting in a particular pattern and also using data from people that are already diagnosed with a cancer to do analysis. And there are groups doing work like that at the moment to identify kind of vague symptoms of, that people have that then people go on to be diagnosed with a cancer. Very interesting. And so finally, now you've identified these priorities, how are you going to influence the research funders to actually pay for some of this work? That's a, uh, a tricky one. You know, we've done the right thing, but how do you convince somebody that some of these suggestions should be done? I think what we hope people take away from this is this isn't research that should be done instead of research that's going on at the moment. This is work that should be done as well as research going on at the moment. So, for example, the one I think that came up quite strongly from the patient perspective is people already have early symptoms of a cancer. Why are they not going to the doctors? And I think that that's really important 
if we're trying to build and in Manchester, we are, you know, biomarker research for, for lung cancer, for example, it's brilliant having a great test. But if you don't know how to get that individual or what's stopping an individual coming in to see you, your test isn't going to have as much impact as it could. So it's all about kind of improving the work we're already doing, I think. And that's what we're trying to do in Manchester is tell people what we've done and see how it could enhance the work and their planning for, for future grants is saying you know, this is a great program of work or this might be brilliant basic science but if you can add in this extra element or if you can think about some of these either more qualitative research questions or build in some trying to answer some of these other questions alongside your work you know that would enhance your application we're quite good in manchester that so for example phil crosby has done a lot of work in terms of lung cancer and they did a lot of patient and public involvement work. I think the reason why their project has worked, this is the scans in vans taking uh, lung cancer screening out into supermarket car parks, is because they really targeted people and convinced people that coming for a scan would benefit them in the long run. And that was having the scan, they knew that the science was there, but actually they had to kind of enhance that with a lot of this other stuff to mean they had the right people coming so then they could then get you know, a good enough study up and running Ellen, look, that's been a fascinating discussion and certainly within PC4 we are going to be applying some of your priorities as well to our work. So Eleanor Badrick, thank you very much again for joining us on Research Roundup. That's all right. Thanks for downloading Research Roundup produced by PC4. You can access the articles and other information in our show notes. Please let us know what you think about this episode by emailing us at info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter, where you'll find us at PC4TG. And there's also our website, which is pc4tg.com.au.